This is Fine Tornation. Fine Tornation. This is every kid's this dream. Is every kid's dream. Bottom of the ninth. Bottom Base is loaded. Base three two counts. Three two counts. Never again will you see Never a player again. this good. Hey, what's up, Pine Tar Nation? This is your host, Gonzo, with your co-host, Ricky V. Say what's up. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hey, so this is our next episode. You know, in this episode, we want to talk about more rankings. Everybody loves rankings. We like talking about who we think is the best in certain positions, and that's what we're going to do. But before we get to that, let's talk about Carrasco and the New York Mets. Um, briefly, right? We don't want to go too much into the Mets, but the idea that injuries are happening again, not just to Carrasco himself that's injury prone, but to the Mets. Because remember, before Carrasco was there, the Mets would have injuries in their starting rotation and that's what kind of held them back from being a better team than they were supposed to be. Um, yeah. Um, so when it comes to the Mets, obviously they, they got Carrasco and now he's down with uh, hamstring. Um, who knows how severe it is or how long it's going to take. But the point is they had they lost a pitcher. And that was the whole purpose of us talking about the Mets when it comes to the rotation is if they can stay healthy, they'll be a really good team. Obviously, the whole pitching staff didn't go down, but they lost an important piece. Either their number two, three, four guy. I'm not really sure what order he was going to be in, but they just lost... Like I said, for who knows how long, they traded away Steven Matz. So now they got to bring up some prospects of some sort to pitch while while, while he comes while, until he comes back. And who knows how healthy, right? That's that yeah, day. How healthy is he going to be? And I don't think my thing is about him getting injured and him not being able to pitch anymore. Like he, I don't think it's that type of injury, right? But I think it's just the idea of having the injury bug. And how that affects the Mets and how that has affected the Mets. You know, mentally, you know, as an organization, you're probably thinking, again? Like, the season haven't even started yet, and now we have another injury. So, those are the kind of things that, that kind of set an alarm for me and into the Mets organization. It's like, Carrasco was a side piece from the Lindor acquisition, right? And it just puts it just in my head. It just it just gives me the idea of was Carrasco uh, uh, one of those big pieces that they acquired to say, hey, we need this specific pitcher to help us make that run. Not just because we got Lindor, but we made we got him to make that run. You think that was the case, or you think it was just, hey, just throw him in there. We'll give you some some soda or something like they they were just saying as a side piece. Um. I think the main piece was Lindor, right? That's that's a fact. Well, no, no, that's a fact, yeah. Okay, but 
I think since the Mets were buying everybody, I I think they, I think the Indians probably said, hey, what about Carrasco? And the Mets were like, oh yeah, give him two, bring him on. And I think they worked out some kind of deal. I think the Indians were the one that pushed Carrasco. Um, I mean, they already traded away everybody. Like Carrasco is not only that, Carrasco is a veteran guy. If the Indians are going to rebuild, you don't rebuild with Carrasco. Right? You might as well just get some prospects out of them, save some money for your salary for the year or whatever, and then you know you trim away. And the Mets just happened to get Lindor and Carrasco. And I think it was a win-win for both. Um, but I think that's I think the Indians offered, they dangled them, and the Mets were like, yep, let's bring them. And but, I don't think it was a bad move. I, I don't think I, it was a bad move. I, I just think, think so that I just think that hopefully that that wasn't their main plan that Carrasco was going to take them out of this starting rotation funk of injuries or, or whatever the case is, right? I hope that wasn't the plan. I hope they have a backup plan. I think they have enough pitching for now to hold to hold on until he comes back. Um, you know, I, I think their team is more complete than just Carrasco, so I think they'll be fine. But Well, I mean, anyways, if they got Carrasco to improve their injury-prone rotation, that was a bad move. Because no, they for sure. Get an injury-prone player, so I, I'm not sure, but nothing is Carrasco, so hopefully he comes back healthy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's get into the rankings. Um, we're not gonna do a top three or top five. Okay. We're gonna talk about each position and give me your favorite player from that position. Not favorite, but um, who you think would benefit a team better? How about that? What um, what what catcher or what position player would benefit okay. the team better? And then. We'll give props to other position players at that same okay. position that that deserve some. So you're credit. saying, so, so we'll you're start... saying, if I'm building a team, no, 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 not not a not a fantasy question. We're we're doing who, what catcher out there is benefiting a team more, and it will benefit that specific team this year more. Okay, not so it much, okay. Okay. not okay. so much yep. like yep. rankings, right? Okay, okay. so I'll it. start. Yeah, I'll yeah. start. How about this? How about this? I'll start it off. Okay, we'll do catchers. We'll start okay. off with catchers. And, um, and you know, there's so many catchers out there. I mean, I could take top, at the top of my head Real Muto. And the re reason why I say Real Muto is because he's hurt right now. So he comes to my head. And he's going to come back. He's one of the top catchers in the league. But I don't think he's the one that benefits the most as being a catcher. I think he's one of the better catchers. But I think the best catcher out there is Yosemite Grandal from the Chicago White Sox. Well, I should have went first because that was my pick. Well, now you got to change it well, because I guess so. Grandal, Grandal is not only helping these young pitchers in Chicago. You're reading my mind. See, that's exactly all I was going to say. Never mind. I'm not even going to say nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, hey, maybe, maybe, hey, credit, credit is due where it's due, you know, and maybe Grandal has caught the eye of a lot of people. And, and I, I, I don't think he never hits for a high average. He's an on-base guy, power guy, and he's defensive guy, right? He knows how to control the pitching staff, and I just think he out there right now. I think he's one of the top catchers, and, and I think one of the catchers that benefits his team the most. Yeah, um, um, yeah, that's yeah. You pretty much took my pick exactly. What I was gonna say. Um, I will say one thing: he is hurt right now. Um, I'm not sure which knee is bothering him right now, especially for a catcher. So that's not really a good sign. 
but but he's always you know, had I, he's always has knee problems like that. He yeah, just so, he, but he, he bounces is, back he, from them though. He's he is getting older, so he's not he's not young anymore. He's in the thirties now, so hopefully he comes back healthy. Because if not, the White Sox are going to lose something very very valuable that's hard to get. Oh yeah. But anyway, since you took my pick, and uh, obviously Ramuto is a guy, but um, if I have to pick a catcher that's benefiting the team more than than anything, well, I think I'm gonna have to go with. I know this might surprise you. But, you know, this is the way that I pick, I guess. I don't know if you noticed from the last episode, the way I pick. I'm going to have to go with Gary Sanchez. How does he benefit the Yankees the most? Because his, okay, when it comes to Gary Sanchez, right, the fact that he plays catcher, it just happens to be his position. But I'm, I'm kind of leaning more towards his offense. And the fact that he is there, I think, makes the fact that Stanton and Judge are get pitched to a lot more because Gary Sanchez is there. Now, everybody knows Gary Sanchez had some very good times and some very bad times as well. But I believe for the year 2021, Gary Sanchez is going to have a resurgence year. And everybody in the lineup for the Yankees is going to benefit from the fact that Gary Sanchez is going to be a very good hitting catcher. Now, like I said, his defense is okay. His arm is okay. Like he's a good, he is a professional major league baseball catcher. That is a fact. See, I think that's where I disagree with you. I think his catching defensively, I think he's trash. I think, I think that's the only reason why I don't look at Gary Sanchez and say, Hey, this guy is one of these top catchers. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe, that's what I'm maybe saying. early on, that's, maybe that's, early on, yeah. yes. But now I think I'm pat myself. I'm past the idea that Gary Sanchez is a legit catcher. I see him more as a DH. I well, see Gary I Sanchez mean, as a DH. Then he plays for Yankees, so DH is taken. No, I know, but and that's but, what I mean, though. That's what but, I mean for him. For me to see him as a catcher, as a legit catcher, even if he has the offenses numbers, right? And he hasn't even been consistent with that. So my thing is this, if he can be consistent enough with his offense, I don't see him as a catcher. I see him as a DH. If he's not even consistent with his offense, then I don't even see him as a DH either. I see him as a as a reserved guy that has power. Well, that's what I mean. That's why, I was, that's why I was very specific in the beginning. That's why I'm leaning more towards his offense because his catching is going to be okay. So it's the offensive number as being a catcher that's going to benefit the Yankees more then it is benefiting the fact that he's behind the plate. But just remember, I believe Gary Sanchez is going to have a pretty good year. Offensively. offensively. You're saying offensively. Oh, okay. Offensively. Not, not as a catcher. I don't think not he has a, it as a catcher. Look, at the end of the day, he's, like, he's playing a catcher in MLB, right? So he's already top in the world. But considering what we're used to seeing, it's um, it's okay. It's They'll live. So... I think his offensive number was going to benefit the Yankees the most. To be honest, if if you have a World Series game going on, Game 7, Gary Sanchez is not catching. I'll tell you that right now. I bet you he's a DH. 
I wouldn't doubt it. But also depends Anyways. on the reserve, right? Hey, okay, so you got Gary Sanchez. I got well, you, we both got Grandall, but you gave shout outs to Gary yeah, Sanchez. Pretty much. Um, you know, I want to <laughs> give credit to I want to give credit to a another catcher, and I've always liked the style of play he has, and I hope I hope he uh, he gets better because I think he still has a lot to work on. But his name is Wilson Contreras from the Chicago Cubs, right? If you watch him play, that's the kind of catcher you want on your team, at least to me. Like that's what you want. He's aggressive, he can hit, and he's not afraid of anything as a catcher. So I, yeah. I think that's pretty legit. I like Contreras for sure. Who wouldn't want that guy in my in somebody anybody's team? Who wouldn't want that guy? Well, the Cubs—they almost traded him. Yeah, well, I don't know what the Cubs are doing, but anyways, uh, my shoutouts. Yeah. I want to talk about the old timers. Yadier Molina and Buster Posey. They're still out there doing their thing. Old timers. The World Series champions. They, these guys are going to be debated as who was the best catcher of their era. Buster Posey or Yadier Molina. Um, I That's still easy, vote. though. I that was still, easy. I still vote Yadier Molina over oh, yeah. Posey. But, yeah. the, but the point is, that's a debate, right? That's how good these guys are. And now the reason I didn't mention it because you said benefits, right? Buster Posey pays for the Giants. They're not going to be that great. They're not going to win the division. They're not going to get into the wild card. Um, if they do, I don't know what the hell happened. Um, but Buster Posey necessarily doesn't benefit the Giants, right? He's just there. He's just He's been a Giant for so long. I don't even know when his contract expires. Um, the one that benefits a little more, obviously, is Yadier Molina because the Cardinals are going to be contending, right? They're most likely going to win the division, and they need somebody that like Yadier Molina to lead the way. Um, so that's probably why they didn't mention them. Um, but, yeah, go shout out to those two guys. Um, most likely Hall of Famers in my book. Hey, that that's cool that they um, that they signed Wainwright and Molina. Yeah. You know, that's pretty uh -huh. cool. That's pretty cool. But, you know... I think I actually I had a I had a TikTok where I talked about Buster Posey and if he was going to make the Hall of Fame, and I said he was, but it all depended on how his the rest of his career continued, you know. And I think he opted out last year uh -huh. yeah. uh, because of COVID, but his 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 season I mean his um, his baseball career after he was great has really taken a downfall, and I think it's going to hurt his chances to become a Hall of Famer. If he doesn't, you know, bring up a couple more seasons of not greatness, but competitive level, right? Especially offensively, because his it, defense is there. Is it time for him to leave catcher and go to first base? Well, I, he's been doing like half and half. I think That's I think he's saying. been doing that. Why not just choose one? Well, well, because his defense catch, catching is really good. It's yeah, really but, good. Yeah, but you know, majority man. Remember, he broke his leg, right when he got ran over. Um, so maybe that's actually that's where been, the rule initiated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I'm thinking is maybe it's a side effect of the leg, just the fact that he's been catching. Um, I, I've never had a broken leg. I don't know how it is to do the recuperation time. Obviously, it's been it's been quite some time, but I'm pretty sure there's got to be some kind of side effects. The fact that you broke your leg. Yeah. So maybe maybe it's affecting him more than it is. But at the end of the day, 
when it comes to the Hall of Fame, they're not going to look at it and say, hey, he broke his leg. Let's give well, him no, some Well, no, of slack. course not. At the end of the day, you know, it's a numbers so, game. So. And, and that's what I mean. Like, I think if he doesn't pick it up the next couple of years, I, I think it hurts his chances. I think if he if he completely just flops offensively the next couple of years, I don't think he makes the Hall of Fame, honestly. I think he had a, a great stretch of, of greatness, but I don't think that's good enough to make the Hall of Fame. I, I really well, don't. But Yachty, if you look at Yachty's, uh, you know, um, whole work of, of baseball he's hall of fame worthy already oh yeah i think yeah i don't if the ballot that he comes out in is pretty low he will be first ballot but if he is let's say a, a loaded ballot when he comes out um it will be very hard to say first ballot but i'm pretty sure he's two or three he's top the one two or three he's one of those three it just depends on who he's with when it comes to the Hall of Fame. When his time when his time comes. Yeah. Alright. So I think that's what we're probably gonna end up doing. Talk about some old timers and talk about who that we think is best right now. Uh, but we'll move on to first base. Let's just go around the diamond. We'll talk about first base. I went first on the catcher, so you could go first for first base. Who do you think benefits their team the most? Hmm. For first base. What was it? Was it the last episode we were talking about who we're picking for MVP? And remember how we were talking about uh, who who we saying we're going to win the MVP and who be our dark horse MVP? Yeah. Well, there's one guy I didn't mention to you. And I believe it could be the time for a resurgence. And I think... Uh, that is Paul Goldsmith from the San Luis Cardinals. Now, how does he benefit the Cardinals? First of all, he's Paul Goldsmith, right? Uh, he did have a little bit of a down season considering that he went from being this very good superstar in Arizona and pretty much ever since he went to San Luis, now he's... Um, a little bit, little bit above average, but well, well, last now, year he was good. Right, 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 right. But he's not the same Paul Goldschmidt that we knew back then. But guess who's at third base now? Nolan Arenado. That defense that he has at first base when Nolan Arenado at third, that's gonna be one hell of a combo, and it won't be possible. It won't for being Paul Goldschmidt. Obviously, there's you can tell there are some first basemen that just got it right. But there's some that that will make somebody look good. But we have a combo of Nola Arenado and Paul Goldsmith. That to me is huge. And not to mention that Paul Goldsmith, now that he's gonna have a little bit more help, considering that now Nola Arenado, so they might no Paul. I don't know how the lineup is gonna be, right? I, I I'm maybe. Nolarano pitches a bat behind Paul Goldsmith or not, I'm not really sure. But I believe Paul Goldsmith is going to get is and see better pitches because of Nolan Renato. And I think that's where the surgeon comes from. The fact that he has somebody like Nolan Nolan right behind him, that they're gonna be like, Oh, let's let's go after Goldsmith, and that's gonna be a big mistake right there. I like it. I mean it's not my pick, but I mean, I, I see I see your points and um, 
I think what Paul Goldschmidt did last year is is a glimpse of him starting to find himself over there in St. Louis. You know, because he's hitting over 400 OPS. Um, I mean, uh, on base percentage. His OPS was, I believe, over 800, which is is really high. So, you know, I think I see it. If, he, if Nolan Arenado bats behind him, well, Nolan also Nolan has to hit better than he did last year, right? Yeah, but for sure. If if he's batting behind him, for sure that that makes a difference in what kind of pitches he sees, like you said. So, with, with what he has already and and having somebody behind him to protect him, I can see him getting. A little better for sure so I like that pick um, but my pick is a little different and I, I'm, I'm stuck in between two guys because one guy okay I, I choose the other guy so the one of the guys that I was choosing is Freddie Freeman right and he won the MVP last year and and I kind of want to say that he benefits his team the most in the aspect of they need him to continue being that MVP guy to control everything else. I think he's the control of that team because they have a lot of young guys that they're, they're wild, right? Acuna, Albies, they got um, Swanson down there. They have the new guy. What's that guy? Um, Chris Christian is a Christian. Uh, Pache? The center fielder. Yeah, that guy. That's how you so, say it, Pache? You know, I think so. I think so, yeah. But, yeah, you got you got it right, though. You know, but if you think about all these young guys, right? Offensively, yeah, they're gonna perform. Yes, they're gonna do this. Yes, Don't they're gonna do their that. Pitching staff too. No, no, no. But I'm talking about what benefits. You know, wh- why he as a first base is gonna benefit the team the most. Oh yeah, but, well, think, yeah. The reason I say that, sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but the reason I say the pitching staff because you could easily, as a pitcher, you could hear your first baseman, and that's where Freddie Freeman. That's what that's how that's what I meant. Is like the fact that Freddie Freeman could say something that could probably calm them down. Just you know, on the spot or whatever, instead of having coaches come out. That, that's that's what I meant. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah. But he's not even my pick. But oh. I kind of I wanted to give him a shout out. I wanted to give him a shout out because I'm not gonna say that he. Oh, so you went backwards this time. Which was a shout yeah, out I went backwards. Us. Well, because I, I I wanted to pick Freddie Freeman, but I didn't. Um, because I think the Braves team overall is good enough, and I don't think he specifically empowers the team as much as my guy that I'm gonna pick. Okay. But. I just wanted to point that out about Freddie Freeman. But this guy, I think, is a bigger impact due to the fact that no one expected him to win the MVP last year. And he did. And that's Jose Abreu with the Chicago White Sox. Now, look, think about this really quick. And I think this is why I think he makes the biggest impact is all these younger guys. You're talking about Moncada, Tim Anderson. You talk about Eloy Jimenez. All these new pitchers that are coming in from the Chicago White Sox, you know, a first baseman like Jose Abreu was not expected to win the MVP. He wasn't. No, of course not. But what happens if he continues? Because he's always been a good hitter. He's never not been a good hitter. But what if he continues doing this with all these young guys performing as well? Then what happens to that team? They elevate by a lot. So that's what I'm saying. This guy at first base elevates his team the most if he continues doing what he does. Um, that is a that is a surprising pick. Um, I did not expect Jose Abreu 
I think I didn't expect him because he did win the MVP last year. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not. I don't think yeah, he's the yeah, best first baseman. But, but to be I don't honest, think he's the best first baseman. Considering the categories that we're kind of doing right now, I I kind of still choose Freddie Freeman over Jose Abreu. But I can see. No, I think Freddie almost, Freeman. They almost they almost seem similar, similar roles. That's pretty much what. It, yeah, you because yeah, you just picked the two MVPs from last year, and they both happen to be first basemen. Now that I think well, about it. Well, yes, that, and that's why I kind of went to Jose Abreu because, remember, the Braves are a playoff team already. The Chicago White Sox made it to a playoffs last year, but they haven't done that consistently. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's why I yeah. so chose Jose Abreu because I don't think they need Freddie Freeman. Well, they do need him, but I don't think they need him as much as Jose Abreu to make the playoffs. I think the well, Braves yeah. are Jose, already Jose team. Abreu is like an RBI machine. And... Um... Obviously, that's, of course, because of people in front of him. But at the end of the day, somebody's got to bring him in, right? And, um, yeah. yeah. All right. So, we got those. Team. Oh, did, did you pick your surprise pick or no? no or I your did not. Or, first or it's not even a surprise pick. It's not well, even it's a surprise pick. It's just more like a, a shout-out pick, I a guess. A shout-out, yeah. And, um, and I'm going to shout this guy out. And maybe he's underrated. But I'm going with Max Muncy from the Dodgers. Um, everybody knows that Max Muncy came out of nowhere and then decided to hit 35 home runs two years in a row, right? Um, comes to 2020 and he's part of the championship team. And as far as I know, during the season, he, during the season, looked like he was kind of off and then finally came to the World Series. Now, if you pay attention, yes, the Dodgers have a bunch of superstars. They have a very high talent but there was times that rallies continued or started because of his at-bats that he had that were so professional that is so underrated that people don't realize how good he actually is as a hitter especially the fact that he's a lefty and his defense is um okay at first base it's not it's not it's not great but the fact that he can go up to bat and give you a professional at bat goes a huge long way and maybe like i said maybe people don't realize that because he also hit a grand slam against the braves um if you look if you look at the six games against the Rays and you look at his at-bats, they were all very, very good. And because of that, because of that, you let the superstars, and I'm not saying Max Muscie is not a superstar, um, but you let the other guys around him do even more damage because of at-bats that he takes. And I just want to give him a shout-out because um, I like watching him bat because you can see and at bat he could strike out and it was still a good bat so that's that's what i like about it is the fact that he gives you good professional at bats even if he strikes out but yeah that's my shout out pick as first baseman cool um i think i shouted out freddie freeman already so yeah um i mean there's there's so many good guys out there i mean i, I hope you guys don't take this as everybody else is horrible you know, there's so many good players out there. It's it, you know we'll end up shouting out every single one because I mean there's just too many. There's too many uh, good players out there. Dominic Smith from the Mets. 
um, Luke Voigt. You can't forget about Luke, what he did last year. So, you know, things like that. So, but we got to move on. Next position, we got second base. Second base. Second base. Who you got? Well, actually, you went, so I'll go this time. I'm going to go with the pick, and this one's easy for me, actually, because there's a lot of players out there that are good. But honestly, the only player that comes to mind when I think of second baseman and being able to achieve what they can to help their team the most is Jose Altuve. You know, the Astros are not the same team, and we understand that. But if Altuve could come and do what he does, I think the team becomes what Altuve is. And if Altuve can't do what he has he has done in the past, I think the team follows. I think that he's gonna. I think the team follows what Altuve does. Mm. And I think, I think their division is weak enough for them to make the playoffs, or win the division. So I think Altuve just needs to step it up, and I think the team will follow. So I, I choose Altuve. Altuve. Um, I can see that. And they're going to need him on more than ever, especially the Springer is gone. And Correa might be gone. And Rinder's hurt. And, yep, they need somebody. They need somebody to lead that club. And Ultiva's got to be that guy. And um, he just happens to play second base, right? And, um, yeah, I like that pick. Obviously, there's a lot of angry people out there that will not like the pick. But that's a long time ago. Move on already. And um, oh, but we're gonna have a conversation yeah, about that eventually. That's a fact. But anyways, but who, uh, so who's your pick? My pick for second base is somebody that okay. Um, I'm just tell the name Whit Merrifield. And um, now you might be thinking, oh, but he plays for the Royals, right? Nobody, nobody really thinks the Royals are going to do some damage uh, this year. They might not even make the playoffs. That that's true, right? But somebody like Whit Merrifield, the fact that the Royals have somebody like that, he's also I I, I want to put him in the same category as as Altuve. It's the fact that he is the table setter there. He is the guy that gets things going. He's a speedy guy. Obviously, they also have Mondesi, so they got nothing but speed on top of that, that lineup. But my thing is, when it comes to the Royals, you always have that one guy that you kind of just build around of, right? And for the Royals, it happened to be Whit Merrifield. And one day, two, three years from now, they probably put a good team together. And it all starts with one guy, and that's Whit Merrifield. He does it with the bat. He does it with his legs. He does it with his defense. We're talking about a good, complete second baseman that can lead a team and can, you know, do it all. Especially, you know, Kansas City that not that long ago, you know, were champions, and they're trying to get back to it. And who better than leading the way than Whit Merrifield? So. I'm gonna pick Whit Merrifield for sure. I really don't like that pick. I really don't. Just because of the fact that, like you said, you mentioned it early on, the Royals are not gonna do anything. And, and I just, 
I mean, uh, according to what the conversation well, is that, about. Yeah, yeah. That's the conversation is about who benefits their team the most. Right, because we could, we could have and the discussion about MVP, right? Because the most valuable player, it never says you have to be the best player, but you have to be the most valuable player, right? So, you know, who, who brings more value? So, you know, considering what you're telling me, it's the player that benefits the team. And I think the most, the most, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, but, but there's if, a lot of second basemen out there. But you know, I could easily mention DJ LeMahieu. But you know, there's you know he 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 could be a shout out or whatever. Like I could easily pick you know some other guys out there. But um, I don't know. To me, Whit Merrifield, it's uh, considering what he can do for an organization. Especially now, not only today, but for the future, and especially under their rebuilding right now, is to me is what makes my pick for Whit Merrifield. I think what makes a pick for Whit Merrifield, I think the only thing that he has to offer for the Royals is trade value. That's it. I don't think he has anything to offer the Royals as a player. I don't know. Oh, he's, I, it, I it's kind of like it's kind of like Mike Trout. It's like you saying Mike Trout is the best value for the Angels. Like, if you say Mike Trout is the best. The one that benefits the team the most, I think that's false because he's been on the Angels for the longest and they haven't made the playoffs. What so does, obviously Mike Trout can't do it himself. Well, it does, so it, there's it, there's no value there. It doesn't necessarily no value there. It, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to make the playoffs. You know we don't know their game plan. We just have to go year by year and see what they do. But Kansas City is rebuilding, but yet Whit Merrifield is still there. In two in two three years. Whit Merrifield is not going to be a centerpiece for the Royals to win a World Series. Oh. I think he's going to be on his way out, or he's going to be traded before that time even hits. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where, like I said, I think that's where the, tr the value comes from him for that organization is his trade value. And they're kind of jeopardizing that by holding on to him for too long. They should have already traded him. That's exactly my point. They could have traded him already, but they didn't. The reason, and I believe that reason is because they see Whit Merrifield there for the long term. I like it, but he's not—he's not a superstar. He's a—he's one of those solid players that's gonna give you consistency, but not superstar consistency. So he's good enough to have on the team, but you know he's not getting younger. But he's not that old. So I think he's like 30, right? I mean, he still got another four or five years left for sure. Yeah, I—I I don't, I don't see a guy like that. Being a big factor for the Royals to win a World Series anytime soon. But anyways, um, that's your pick, um, and uh, I don't like it. But hey, that's besides the point. We have I have one shout out, and that's uh, Jake Cronesworth uh, from the Padres. I like the way he plays. We have to see if he's going to continue doing what he's doing, right? Because he was a rookie last year. But I'm just going to shout out his name because a team like the Padres that's already a solid team, getting a rookie like this last year and going into the season, if he does anything what he did last year, I think that's just going to benefit the Padres even more. Now, if he falls off, then obviously that's not going to be good for the Padres. But... You know, those are the kind of players you look at and say, hey, we didn't expect him to be there, 
and perform the way he did, but he did. So now they, they expect him to do it now, and, and we'll see what he does. Mm, I like Cronesworth. Um, he's actually... Um, he really did come out of nowhere. It, you know, obviously... Um, hopefully it wasn't a fluke. Especially for the Padres. They're, they're hoping it's not a fluke, right? But um, if he can come back and kind of almost replicate, because, I mean, it's going to be hard to replicate, but if he could be good for the Padres, that means that's, that's going to go a long way. This is going to make that race between the Padres and the Dodgers a lot more interesting for sure. Yep. Um, All right. Well, for my... Um, um, Oh, you got your shout. You got a shout well, out. Yeah, it's just because I'm gonna go with um, the guy that I mentioned was DJ LeMahieu, and um, could we argue and say that he's probably the sec- best second baseman right now? Maybe. I don't think I don't think anybody compares to DJ LeMahieu the last two years as a second baseman. Yeah. Like not even. Cl- I don't think there's a comparison. Not even close. I don't think there's anybody even close to him. And, and okay, so he he is my shout out because I mean I could easily say DJ LeMahieu, right? And Whit Merrifield could have been my shout. I could have gone vice versa, but DJ LeMahieu just flat out hit. And we're just talking about okay. Remember how earlier how we talked about Gary Sanchez? Now we're talking about DJ LeMahieu. Well, guess who's going to be in between DJ LeMahieu and Gary Sanchez? Most likely, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron's judge. That's how deep the line is. The, the Yankees lineup is going to be. Is like, do you want to attack DJ LeMahieu, knowing that he's going to hit, or do you pitch around them to go after Judge? And now you have somebody on base for Judge and Stanton or whatever. So, just the fact that DJ LeMahieu um, can just flat out hit. Um, I agree. He's, I think he's one of the best. He's, just, he's one of the best players just, in the past two years. It's just, it's just, he's just, he's just. Um, if anybody's gonna be 400, obviously batting 400 is gonna be super hard. But if anybody's gonna do it, and they told me to pick a guy that can do it, I think most likely I'm gonna pick DJ LeMahieu. Do you remember? Do you remember? Um, I don't know, like three, four years ago when Altuve was in the same spot. Yes, Altuve would I, hit like I, three. Six. That's that's how Lemayhew has been the last two years. Yeah, like that, the Altuve of old. So I, I see that, and and every time you talk about the Yankees lineup, like you just start thinking, right? You're like, holy shit! Like the more you go down the lineup, it's like it gets crazier and crazier. You talked about Judge, you talk about Lemayhew, you talk about Stanton, you talk about Sanchez, you talked about you, know, you talked about all those guys. We I mentioned Luke Voigt. You know he has probably more power than all of them besides Stanton. You talk about um, Glaber Torres, right? Think about this. Like, you just keep going. It doesn't stop. Aaron Hicks. Like, it's just power after power after power after power. That That's what makes the Yankees dangerous. Yeah. And then you have DJ LeMahieu on the top of the lineup. You're just like, oh. Yeah. We already got somebody well, now on it's just, now, now it's just their job to stay healthy now. Yeah. But for sure, LeMahieu and that bat, shout out for sure. Yeah. All right. So um, we'll do a uh, a final ranking, and we'll do for um, we'll do the shortstop position. Okay. We'll do the shortstop position. Um, I went first, 
So you go ahead. You choose. Shortstop. Remember, and remember, please remember, <laughs> it's who benefits the team the most, not an MVP of this, the season. This one is easy. All right, go for it. In my book, when it comes to shortstops, I'm assuming you're going to think I'm going to say Corey Seager. I'm not. I'm going to say Fernando Tatis Jr. Who else? Who else? Can you name me another short? I mean, I mean, yeah, there's a bunch of shortstops out there. But we're talking about a guy that benefits the franchise more than Tatis Jr. right now for playing shortstop. There isn't. There isn't one. And we're talking about Mr. Padre for the rest of his life now. We're talking about an MVP type shortstop, young guy, electric. He's I'm gonna be the show. I'm, we're talking about the guy that this team is built around. The table setter, the guy, the go-to guy for the San Diego Padres for this run that they just started, and who knows how long it's gonna go for. It at the end of the day is revolved around one guy, and that is Fernando Tatis Jr. Do I really need to say more? No, I, I actually have him as my number one, but now I'm going to have to choose somebody else. Awesome. But <laughs> I did I did have him because, like you said, like in, we were talking about who benefits their team the most. And like you said, Tatis Jr., if he doesn't illuminate that team the way he has, you know, then the team is not what it is, right? Yeah. They need Tatis to be himself in order to succeed. And it's crazy to think that, right? Because you think of a team being a complete, you know, 25-man roster. But in this case, uh, Tatis benefits the team in the shortstop position. Yeah, for he sure. He benefits like, fits, out if, of all the if, shortstops. If you take out Tatis Jr. from the Padres lineup right now, and I don't know disrespect to our Samian, but let's just say you put Samian at short. The Padres do not look the same anymore. They don't look that dangerous anymore. It's, it's, no, it they is don't. a huge and, and, difference. But see... But see, it's not just about like the offense or the no, defense. Yeah, it's I'm, not just yeah, about it's that. Just, like it's, I said, it's, it's just, the personality. It's yeah, it's, it's uh, everything. It's the the flair. So it, I get it, and I, I think I choose that as my number one too. But like I said, for argument's sake, let me choose one as number one. And I have a. It's kind of close actually for me because I'm gonna go with the guy that I chose last episode for MVP, surprise MVP, and that's Trey Turner. Trey Turner. It, because you think about a team like Washington, right? A team that needs to make the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs last year. They struggled tremendously. And I think Trey Turner benefits his team because if he could do what he does for a whole season, defensively and offensively, he's a catalyst for that lineup. They need that lineup because they have the pitching. They have it, right? So they need their offense to come through. And I think having Trey Turner in the top of the lineup, do what he does the whole season. I think he benefits that team to make a playoff run. And if you know, you know damn well, if the Nationals make the playoffs, they're a completely different team in the t- playoffs for everybody out there. Oh, it yeah. doesn't matter if they make it by one game. They can make it by one game. If they make the playoffs, they have a chance to win the World Series. Yeah. Hands I, down. I like Trey Turner. I do. Um, very underrated. As a matter of fact, you know, we discussed this already. Um, but yeah, now I can see it. It's, um, it's, it is a little, like I said, it is a little weird. And especially they got Soto there as well. 
and um, but at the end of the day, um, that Nationals lineup is not complete without Turner there. If you take out Turner and you expect Soto to do everything, it's it's not possible. Somebody's got to be first. That's the way. I, that's the way I see it. Somebody's got to be first, and somebody's got to clean it up. If you don't have one or the other, your team is gonna suffer. But at the end of the day, you have to have the table setter first, and that's straight turning. Yeah, I can see that. I can see it like that. Yep. And since we're in the subject, I'm gonna shout out. Not that he's one of the best um, contributors to his team, but um, I think I'm just gonna give a shout out because I've been watching him since he was with the Yankees. And I think he's a really talented shortstop. Another underrated guy that that's going to perform well next year, and that's Didi Gregorius from the Phillies. Mm, then he says he resigned, right? Really underrated. He resigned, right? Yeah, he resigned. And and this is the type of shortstop that, I mean, you have to think, think, think about it, right? It's like Lindor, Correa, Seager, you know, Tatis, you know, Anderson, Story, Bogarts. Like, you have so many shortstops. This is the shortstop era. And then you got Didi Gregorius that performs so well defensively and offensively, but he doesn't get looked at. Why doesn't he get looked at? I I just think he doesn't put... I don't think it's because he didn't... At one time, he did, right? But now he doesn't put up the same numbers that he once did. And everybody wants to talk but about... But he does. That. But that's the thing, though. Everybody wants to talk about the up-and-coming and the new. And obviously, we all know that Javier Baez, Corey Seager, Carlos Correa... Who am I missing? Trevor Story are all going to be free agents this offseason coming up, and everybody wants to talk about that. So, Didi Gregorius, unfortunately, um, had his time. He just sits in the back burner. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And and now, also, he's not playing for the Yankees anymore. Now he's playing for the Phillies, so it's very different. That is true. Um, So, yeah, I just want to give him a shout-out just to – let people know he's still out there and he's still performing very well for a shortstop. Yep. Like I said, defensively and offensively. So, who you got to shout out out there? Um, my shout outs. I actually have two. Um, no, 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 no. I have one, and that is Trevor Story. And that is because he's going to benefit the Rockies a lot. When he gets traded in the offseason, sorry, sorry, when he gets traded in the trade deadline, the Rockets get prospects back. And the team that gets him is going to benefit a lot. That's the way I see Trevor Story. He is leaving the Rockies and it's going to be a win-win for everybody. That's the way I see it. You really think he's getting traded? He should be, but he ain't, for sure he ain't, co- he, he ain't coming back. I wouldn't. After what happened with Nolan Renato, Trevor Story is not going back to Colorado. I'm pretty sure well, the, that well, that the, is a thing now, right? That the Rockies know that you might as well trade them, get some prospects out. The team that gets in is gonna benefit a crap load because it's Trevor Story, and yeah, that's the way I see it. Well, well, let me ask you this: Does he get traded for a lot of prospects? Because you have to understand, why would a team trade for Trevor Story when there's gonna be about six shortstops going for free agency next year? It depends, right? Like, it depends. it's a bargaining ship, right? It's like, hey. I can give you these prospects, but I don't have to because there's like six shortstops. You have to know it's a lot. You yeah, got so, okay, you're, Seager, I, Correa, I, Lindor, right. Samian. And then Trevor Story himself. And yeah. But the thing is, how close is your team to saying this is complete? We can make a huge run. Um, obviously, the fact that he is 
a rental player, right, is the fact that you're not going to get that much. But you will get some really good prospects back. You're not going to get the bottom of the line. We're talking about an argument made that he is probably the best shortstop in the game right now. And to get something, you know, for sure, for sure, you, you, I mean, I don't know how the Rockies negotiate, but you better get at least some type of one or two top prospects from whatever organization gets Trevor Story. And if you hold on to him and not get nothing out of it and then he's gone, then that is also a huge mistake. So, if I was the Rockies, I'll get a top prospect and a MLB ready pitcher. I wouldn't be too greedy and get too many prospects. I'll get somebody that can help them compete now because their offense is still good, regardless if Story or Arenado's not there anymore. And if they're going to compete moving forward, they're going to need pitching. Somebody that has control, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, I would do something like that. Talk to the they, they need to stop trying to go for the diamond and need to start going for guys that are solid. Talk to the Indians. And Maybe I, you could I, give them a Trevor Story for Shane Bieber straight up. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> Well, the hey, Indians trade away their pitchers. I don't know why, but yeah. Well, actually, they're not the Indians anymore. Why are you oh, even calling right, them the right, Indians? Right, right, they're right. They're going to cancel our show. Do you not understand what's going on out there? To me, they will always be the Indians. You're not going to ruin the movie Major League for me. Right? Like, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. But anyway, so the Cleveland team. The Cleveland team. Team Indian. No, Team O's. A matter Team of fact, just, just for today, I'm going to go buy, if I can, the Indian hat with the Indian on it, if I can the, find or, it. The original, yeah. yep. Now you'll find it. It's out there. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, um, that's going to do this episode. And uh, it was fun. I like doing rankings. When don't you like doing rankings, right? And um, so, so, yeah, we appreciate the listen. Uh, we hope you follow, leave reviews, leave feedback. Uh, we would appreciate that. It helps our channel. It helps us uh, understand what we need to work on, what we don't need to work on. So uh, we appreciate any, any kind of feedback. Yes, sir. Yeah, thanks for listening. Give us a, a follow on Instagram at PintarPod. Uh, give us, leave us a review in this, uh, why don't you, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you're listening, give us a review. And also DM us anything that you want. Uh, give us comments. Um, also, other than that, that's it. See you next week.